The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Welcome to the Faith Debate on 930 WFMD and 99.9 HD2 and um, WFMD.com and available on podcast at householdoffaithinchrist.com and in your better dreams. All those places is where you'll find the faith debate. I'm Troy Skinner, the pastor of Household of Faith in Christ. I mentioned our website, householdoffaithinchrist.com. Uh, joined as usual now by uh, three pastors in Frederick County. We're all part of doing something together. We're all networking together as house churches. We're serving actually as, as mutual accountability partners and, and, and serving kind of as the, the elder board, if you will, for the churches so that we have, uh, we have accountability and, and we can exercise discernment as a group. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's really helpful. If you're, if you're trying to do a house church on your own and you don't have something in, uh, set up to help you, uh, avoid pitfalls and and temptations, or just navigate things wisely. I would encourage you to figure that out. That's a, that will be a hole in the house church game if you're not careful. Anyway, um, Daniel Rasvi, Imran Rasvi, and David Forsey are the, uh, the the three pastors who are joining the panel again. And we're, in the past, we used to talk about like one or two issues and do an arc of shows on just those one or two issues. Um, this is a little bit different these last few weeks as we've been kind of going issue to issue to issue, and yet there is a bit of a connection. So a couple of weeks ago we were talking about drugs, whether they should be illegal or not. Then we were talking about prison. Of course, a lot of people are in prison because of the drug question, so there's a connection there. And, of course, the issue this week, which I teased at the end of last week's show, profiling, that kind of fits as well. It's its own standalone issue, but a lot of people end up in jail because uh, – Police officers notice that that person looks like they could be a criminal. I'm going to keep my eye on them. And then they maybe prove to be a criminal and they end up in jail. But some people don't like that. <laughs> it's not nice to profile. So profiling, so, is the practice itself just by definition bigoted? I, I, would, re, I would rephrase the, that, though, because you just made a comment that's, that's more of a biased comment to start with, right? You said some people That's my prerogative. Up, I can be biased if I want. What I well, say. we're all biased. But you said some people end up in jail because they were profiled, somebody looked at them and thought because of the way they looked or acted, they probably were a criminal, and then they went to jail for it. Well, they went to jail because they were a criminal. How they were found might have been because somebody was paying attention to, right. to the way they looked. Well, I, I thought but, what I said was that but it they, they, they looked like they could be a criminal, they, they check them out, and it turns out they are a criminal, and that's right, how they got right. found so, out. Was, so that, but that that's, goes to the crux... That's go to the goes to the crux of the question, right? Because you often see people complain, "Oh, there's so many more people of this skin color incarcerated than people of the other skin color incarcerated." Okay, well, does that mean you're just locking up people because of the way they look, or does it mean that it just so happens that there's more criminals among people that look like right. that? that I think mean the practice. That Imran, you were off mic, but he said it's just good police work. I think there's wisdom in appropriate profiling, so I'll put my cards right on the table. But those who disagree with me, and perhaps others in this room, would say, well, no, profiling is bad because by, by definition it's bigoted. Right? You're judging somebody based on the color of their skin, the style of their dress, uh, uh, the hitch in their gait, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Or the pants hanging down at their knees. Yeah. Yeah, which... I don't know. I mean, I understood that was a fad. You fads come and go. I get it, whatever. But how is that still going on after all these years? 
Why won't that fad go away? I know. I saw somebody <laughs> just today walking that way, and I, I, I really wanted to put the window down and say, you know, you really look like an idiot. You really do. But the thing is, you know, 100 years ago or 200 years ago, people took pride in how they looked. They, even people that were unloading. Particularly if you looked as good as me, you know what I'm saying? Even if you're unloading <laughs> trucks. You, you wore a three-piece suit, and you took the jacket off. You still had the vest, and you were unloading trucks. You ever see a picture of a sporting event from, like, the 1930s or 40s? All the men are wearing jackets and hats, and they look like they're... I remember yep. when I was a kid, I, you know, this will date me a little bit for the, the younger set, and it'll, it'll make me sound really young to the older set, because when I say I remember this when I was a kid, of course you remember that. I remember it. I'm 90. but when, I'm not 90, but I remember when I was a kid, you got dressed up to go on an airplane. It was like when I was a little kid, you got dressed up like you. Well, now it doesn't mean anything, but you, now I guess you still dress up like you go to church. But but you know what I mean by that? You would dress up like you're going to church, like you're going to somebody's. Well, even going to somebody's wedding. People don't get dressed up for that. Nobody gets dressed up for anything anymore. Right. What's the analogy I'm looking for? <laughs> Rescue and, and me. People, and people, there's there's a lot of people that say, oh, you shouldn't be shouldn't be dressed up. You shouldn't be looking a certain way or trying to act a certain way because that's all about appearances and we shouldn't be concerned about our appearances. We should be just, even a Christian, a lot of Christians will say, oh, don't be concerned about your appearance because that's not what's important. That's taking pride and being arrogant and superficial and all of that. We talked about this briefly before, but there's, there's examples in the Bible of actually you do act a certain way and you dress a certain way specifically for certain events and things. The whole parable of, you know, they, they, they got all the people off the street to come in for the wedding. And, oh, you didn't have wedding clothes. Well, you're out. Throw them out, right? It, it's clearly you're supposed to wear a certain clothes for a wedding in that, in that context. And then people saying, well, Jesus was a poor person. He, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't dress up fancy or anything. Well, he was wearing a single garment that was woven without a seam, which was a very expensive thing. And it so, works in the reverse, too. Yeah. Right. And that's why profiling, I think, has a place. And it's not foolproof. Right. People wear three piece suits and they go axe murder somebody. I mean, that, that probably has happened, you know. So that it's not an absolute tell, but it could be a tell. And so people who were uh, the, the elites of society 200 plus years ago would wear these weird coats with tails and white you know, well, um, wigs. Uh, wigs on their head. And that's how you knew that they were some sort of dignitary. They were a p political person or the aristocracy or something. And that was their look. And you see that today with the three-piece suits or, you know, there's, there's uh, I'm thinking of somebody right now who used to live in Frederick County, was a big muckety-muck in the business scene. And he always looked good. I mean, he looked good. He always... His clothes were just impeccable, and the way he put himself together, he just looked sharp all the time. And he was a very successful guy, and he, he wanted to walk into a room and everybody say, you know what? There's a successful guy. So there's that look. Now, he might not have been a successful guy, but fake it till you make it if that's the case. And if you look successful, people will start to think you're successful. But it works in the reverse. Right? People that got their pants hanging down around their knees... That's not the look of success. That's the look of somebody who maybe doesn't care that much about what's going on in society and culture. They, they might be a ne'er-do-well. They might be a troublemaker because oftentimes you see somebody who dresses like that, who more often than other people are wearing the three-piece suits that are causing a ruckus. Right, but you know what? If in the last month there were six people that committed murder that were wearing three-piece suits, 
we'd profile three piece soup. Absolutely, okay? yeah, yeah. So it's it's not about what they're wearing; it's about what the what led to that. Um, and people that are wearing things that look awful usually are the ones that are committing the crime. I remember going and driving down a street one time, and there was a nicely dressed, I mean, sharp dressed black man that was, you know walking down the street in the middle of D.C., and it was not a good part of D.C., but he was walking there, and, and we had no problem. And then there was a, a white guy that had a hoodie on, and his pants were down his, down his knees, and he looked really shifty, and my wife immediately locked the doors and put the windows up. It had nothing to do with race. It had nothing to do with color at all. It had everything to do with appearance, and that's profiling, right? So we have to be smart about what we do. Now, if some people just do it because of color. That's, that's a different type of profiling. That's more racist, racist and that's, that's not really profiling. Now, just the other day, we had you know crime committed in the subway in New York, and none of the media even said what color the person was for hours. It just said, oh, he was like 5'8", and, um, and that's about it, right? Okay, but how does that help anybody find that person? They never said it. Right. In fact, one of the uh, newscasters on, on a conservative show said, the reason I knew that person was black because they didn't say what race that guy was. <laughs> because if he was white, if he was Chinese, if he was this, they yeah. would have said something. So th- then I immediately knew that he was black because the, the, the woke culture now is you cannot do that. And, in fact, uh, one of the things that makes you racist is if you dress nicely, if you show up on time, okay, if you know math, if you actually do the work you're assigned to, all that stuff is now considered racist or white supremacist. Because they say that's what the white people do. No, that's what successful people do. You don't have to be here in the U.S. and and do that. It's anywhere in the world if you're doing that, whatever color you are. And the reality, we all profile. It's not just dress or skin color. We all profile in our in our the way we navigate life. It's just the way. I mean, think about something that has nothing to do with uh, looks, but has to do with persona. You walk up to somebody and they talk fast. A lot of people, particularly from the South and maybe even parts of uh, Maryland. If you're a fast talker, oh, you're some sort of fast talking city slicker. Like I don't trust you. You're a snake oil salesman, aren't you? Like, so they're pro. They're making a decision based on that. Or if somebody, you know, don't got no good English, you're like, you know, that person probably isn't very smart. They might be really smart, but English is like the sixth language they know, and so their syntax isn't so good. Their grammar is not so good, but they're brilliant. But they, your first instinct is. That's not a very smart person because they got this not so good English going on. Right. Until it's you called, know it's better. It's called logical reasoning, yeah, and you make you make assumptions. Now you need to be prepared to challenge your assumptions if you if it, if there's evidence to show that your assumptions are incorrect. But if you go with the assumption or the premise that you shouldn't ever have any assumptions, then that's a um, logical pit that you can never climb out of because you'll never be able to make any decision about anything because you have no place to start, no frame of reference to start from. Um, and so it's, it is important, and I think it, it, we should really discuss. You know, what is the biblical? Exactly. Basis I was going to. Well, you, right? you, if we didn't so, actually get there, I was going to say. So, are there some biblical examples of profiling in play, or some sort of instruction about profiling, or times when you, as a pastor, had to deal with somebody's legitimate prejudice and, and you know bigoted opinions, and say, you know what, that's not biblical. How you're Anything like that, put a more of a, a faith debate pastoral spin on this issue. And biblically, we do all have a place in God's heart for all believers. It says there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond or free, male nor female in Christ. But that is that's a different thing, I think, than, than profiling. So it's not it's not that there's 
the people were not equal. However, Jesus made what some might be considered some some might consider to be an extremely racist statement to the woman that was uh, uh, asking the um, the Gentile woman that wanted some help or some healing from him, and he's like, "Yeah, I shouldn't give the uh, children's bread and toss it to their dogs, right?" And and she's like, "Well, even the dogs eat the crumbs from fall from the master's table," and he says, "Your faith is is healed you." But if if you're reading this passage in a book and we just change the names and stuff, you might, oh, that's a really racist person. Said to a person that's from a different country, oh, you're a dog. We shouldn't give, have time for you. But Jesus was not uh, sinning. Okay, so if it was racist, then that wasn't a sin. But it, it was for the glory of God. It was for the glory of God. And he was making a point that Jesus came for the Jews. Jesus was Jewish. And Jews are God's chosen people. Yes, the Gentiles also have the opportunity, but it's the Jew first. And Paul was also, you know, even though his whole ministry was to the Gentiles, Paul was very clear, to the, to the Jew first, then to the Greek, right? So there's an example of God profiling, God giving first right to the Jews. To the firstborn. To the firstborn. And there's, yeah, there's a lot of examples of the firstborn. Gets double the inheritance of everybody else. Oh, that's not fair to the fourthborn child. Okay. It's supposed to be. It's not, yeah, it's, life isn't fair. There's no, where is that written that life has to be fair? There's... Fair meaning everybody get an equal thing. No, everybody is not equal. Um, so I think there are some number of examples of God dif- discriminating. And that doesn't mean because, you know, you don't have the same privileges as somebody else. That doesn't mean that you're not going to ever have the opportunity to be saved, which is the ultimate thing. That's If you're saved, that's what, that's what matters. We were talking off air. You know, that's the, is that the only thing that ever matters? You know, people maybe have pushed back on that. But. Eternity is the most important thing. So I don't know. That's a kind of yeah. a lot the, of random thoughts. We have the example of uh, of the shibboleth, <laughs> right? That's profiling. <laughs> by the way, they yeah. pronounce the accent. They, they people couldn't. That, it was it, a hard. It word. doesn't specifically say whether that was a, a wrong of them to do. It was. I think it's definitely positioned as it's a very clever. Yeah. Thing, right? I, 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 yeah, it doesn't specifically say, and this was a really God honoring thing to do. But I think the way the story plays out, it's that that's, that's being clever and wise, and it's a that's way a, to suss out the enemy. That's a more obscure passage, but so for those of you who don't know, there was the two tribes were fighting, and from one side of the river, they had an accent. They couldn't say the SH, they could only say the S. And so they said they would, they were trying to figure out which ones were the traitors, and they were all from the one side of the river. And so they was, they were saying, hey, um, say this word, shibboleth, and they would say sibboleth if they couldn't say shibboleth, and then that's how, that's how they... Uh... And that's how profiling started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, uh, that might be our first documented case of profiling. And there's a contemporary, more contemporary version of that, uh, as I understand it, during World War II. There were a lot of uh, people that you were concerned because, you know, the uh, a lot of Americans have German heritage, and so they're fighting the Germans, and if, the, if if they're fighting a German who happens to have a good American accent, they could try to fool them. And so one of the tests was they would ask him a question about Major League Baseball, and because all the American back then it truly was America's pastime. If you didn't know something about baseball, you were not an American. I mean, baseball, motherhood, apple pie, you know that was. And so they would ask him, and if they didn't know who Joe DiMaggio was or something like that, like, you dirty rotten Nazi, I'm shooting you now. I, so that was a. A, sh- a shibboleth kind of a profiling sort of a of a thing. I'm, tra- I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I can think of another off the top of my head example in the Bible where there's profiling, but there there probably are. Yeah. If I th- but I want to I want to give an example of what the country is actually doing. So uh, 
<coughs> those of you that are just hearing the radio and don't know who I am, I am brown of skin color. Okay, and during after 9-11, the planes were shut down. Nobody was flying. The first day that the planes were flying, I had to fly out for business. And, uh, you yeah, I'm brown. I look like a terrorist if you want to profile me. But when I went through all the uh, safety things, I went through so fast, no problem. I, I, everybody treated me very well. So I was very wondering what's going on. I mean, I should have been patted down or something. But while I was there, there's this lady in a wheelchair, an elderly white lady, and she was going through the ringer. I was like, they're going out of their way to look at somebody else that absolutely does not fit the profile, and I fit the profile, and they didn't even look at me. So that's just stupidity to me. And, I, and I'm brown, and it would have actually caused me more harm. But I myself said, hey, what about me? You're talking to this lady. What about me? They said, no, no, you're cleared. Fine. This doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah, it doesn't fast the common sense. I thought of two more, by the way. One's maybe iffy. Could circumcision be that be an identifier, a way to profile? Hey, you don't belong to us. That's a, that's an indicator that you could tell. So you'd have to be naked, I guess, to tell that. But uh, that that would be a, an example. And um, oh, what was the other one? I just had it, and it slipped my mind. Darn it. Is, is the issue more, uh, you know, why? I, I mean, certainly we we make distinctions all the time. Um, is uh, you know, is 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 the problem that people have with uh, profiling because there are, you know, distinctions that are made where there's there's nothing wrong with that distinct thing in and of itself. Um, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, in law enforcement, right, it's a, I, I guess the problem people take is, you know, guilty by association isn't a very uh, kind but, way but to treat officers someone. Have, I mean, I, I am not a police officer, and I don't come from a law enforcement family, so I don't know a lot about it. Basically, what I know about law enforcement, I've learned on television and, and movies, you know what That's I mean? That's dangerous. Yeah, so it's dangerous. So... Uh, by the way, I did have the other thought pop into my head is a profiling thing. The New Testament says that they will know us believers by our love for one another. Mm. And so that's an indicator we can tell, boy, that those people over there really seem to love each other. They might be Christians. You know, that, that would be a positive kind of a profiling. But police, are, aren't they trained to look for things that are out of the ordinary? I'm thinking about that Eddie Murphy movie. I think it was uh, 48. No, it wasn't 48 hours. It was the other one where he's a police officer. Wasn't the Nick, Dol Nick Dolte one, but he's a Detroit cop. He goes to L.A. Uh, I'm drawing a blank Beverly on the name. Hills cop? Which one? Beverly Hills Cop. Was it Beverly Hills Cop? Yeah, I think that was it. And you know, the whole idea is he's like this street smart, hip, really good cop, sarcastic and all that sort of stuff. That's it's a comedy, but he's a really smart, capable police officer. And he goes to a nightclub with these L.A. cops, and it's, it's poking fun at. LA and they're laid back and they're clueless cops and there's this guy that walks in and Eddie Murphy's character immediately says keep an eye on that guy and it turns out the guy's a bad guy and there's a shoot him up that takes place in the nightclub but Eddie Murphy knew that something was wrong because he says look at that guy and the cops are like what 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 and he's like it's 98 degrees outside the guy's wearing a trench coat it does something doesn't fit it's like Sesame Street one of these things is not like another so if you're in an area where it's I was even put in the reverse. I'm going to do it on purpose in this context. You're in a neighborhood where there's 4,000 people that live within a few city blocks, and all of them are black. 
and then some white guy shows up. If I'm a cop, that gets my attention. What's that white guy doing in an all-black neighborhood? I'm just gonna—I'm not gonna arrest him, but it's gonna get my attention. I'm gonna look at him and see why is he here? Because it doesn't fit. And I, so there's nothing wrong with being white. There's nothing wrong with being brown. There's nothing wrong with being black. But if it doesn't fit the context of what's going on, it—it it, it seems foolhardy to not pay any attention to that. Yeah. It can go bad. I get it. It can be ugly. I get it. But. And, you know, if you're concerned, you change your behavior. I had a friend that uh, he, he was taught as a young child by his uncle. He said, look, if you want to succeed in this world, you can't talk like a black person in the hood. You have to watch the TV and, and speak clearly English so people take you seriously. And he took that further. I mean, he could be a chameleon. He could be different people to different per persons, and that's how you profile. And when he would drive, he said, look, when I drive home, okay, I'm sitting up straight. I'm keeping my jacket on, and I'm, you know, looking really respectable because I don't want to be stopped for something else. But when I get close to my homies, my friends in my, in my neighborhood, then I'll put my seat way back and lean way back with one hand on the steering wheel and really, like, hang out because now I know I'm there and they would judge me differently. So people act how they want to be treated. And so there's nothing wrong with profiling. You decide how do you want to be treated and act that way. And there's a wisdom in that. I mean, when I was, you know, my daughter, she's an adult now and, you know, married and starting her family and all that sort of stuff. But back in the day, uh, and some people are opposed to any sort of ear piercings, but I was okay with a single piercing, one in each ear, you know, so two piercings, I guess. But she got to be in high school and she wanted to have another piercing, like a third hole. And I just saw too many people her age that they get a third hole, and then six months later they get a fourth hole, and then they get a fifth hole and a sixth hole. Before you know it, they got a whole bunch of holes in their eyebrows and their nose and their lip and their belly button and all this stuff. And if you're somebody that has all those holes, that's fine, whatever. I don't know that I, I, I have much of a position on that other than as it applies to my daughter. And I told her, I said, you don't want all those holes in your body because – some people, rightly or wrongly, will make judgments about you, and it'll be harder for you to get certain jobs or get into certain circles of people because they're going to be like, you know what? I've run into a lot of people that aren't serious about life who have a lot of holes in their body. doesn't mean that people who have a lot of holes in their body aren't serious about life, but there are, there are enough of them that you – is this a serious person? And you want to be taken seriously as a young woman when you're an adult in the world. So – and it was a battle for years. She never did. And she, she, you know, all but swore. She didn't really swear, but she all but promised me that when I'm old enough and I'm on my own, I'm going to get here. She is all these years. She's never did. So she's, I don't know if she agrees with me per se, but she decided she didn't want it anymore. And I think it's been to her betterment. And people that want to get tattoos and stuff, same thing. Get the tattoos, whatever. I mean, that could be a subject for a show mm -hmm. probably because there are some religious uh, biblical arguments maybe on that. But I, I would advise people get the neck tats and stuff like they go all the way up to their ears on their necks and stuff like you can't hide them. And right or wrong, there are people who will not treat that person the same as if they didn't have those tattoos. Why would you want to make life harder for yourself? Because we all are profiling at some level, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's going to be the last word. I don't usually take the last word. but I'm taking the last word today on next week's show. Uh, we're going to talk about vaccines. We're, we're aiming to get canceled by the cancel culture one way or the other. 
Uh, but the, the specific question is, should Christians uh, volunteer to be injected by shots that were developed using aborted babies? That's the more specific uh, question we'll be talking about there. So that's on next week's uh, Faith Debate show. I'm Troy Skinner. This is the Faith Debate on 930 WFMD, online at WFMD.com. My church, Household of Faith in Christ, is also online at HouseholdofFaithInChrist.com. Daniel Razvi, Imran Razvi, they have a church in the north end of Frederick County. They have a ministry. You can check them out at conqueredbylove.org. And uh, one of these days, we're going to have to get uh, David Forsey a, uh, a website. Or dial a phone, at least. <laughs> or, or <laughs> got, <laughs> got to get you something. So we got something to promote for you. I don't know, I don't, I don't know what to promote for you. I'll start putting your cell phone out there. I don't know. Something. Oh, something man. Can, now, if you want to reach David, you give me a holler. Or, you know, uh, my, my cell phone is actually on our website, so you can, you can give me a, shoot me a text or call me or shoot me an email, whatever, and I'll connect you with any of these guys if you want. Anyway, till next week, thanks so much for spending part of your Sunday with us. Um, 167 and a half hours from right about now, and we'll start up again. Till then, God bless.